This is the Notorious Bakersfield Podcast. I'm Robert Peterson, the host and creator of the Notorious Bakersfield Podcast. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to the podcast that takes a look back at some of Bakersfield's most notorious crimes, events, and characters. I'm often asked how I determine a story to be notorious. How does a story rise to the notorious level? What I do is look back to see how long a story remained in the headlines of the Bakersfield Californian. That's probably the main determining factor. The next is to see if the story made news outside of Bakersfield. The crime you'll hear about on this episode checks both of those boxes. It remained in the news for weeks and made headlines across the country, probably because this story was so scandalous for the times. It involved sex, murder, and three elementary school teachers. To finish off this Valentine's Day series of stories about love gone wrong, this episode is about the deadly teacher love triangle. Cleon Cox, his first name is spelled C-L-E-O-N, was a popular East Bakersfield High School student athlete. He excelled at basketball, baseball, football, track, and field. Throughout his high school years, his best friend was Eiler Mulhook. Eiler is spelled I-L-E-R. In 1949, the two friends graduated from East High. With his father, Noel Cox, being the school principal in Button Willow, it seemed fitting for Cleon to choose a career in education. But in the summer of 1949, the young man put his higher education on hold and enlisted in the United States Navy for a year. Upon discharge from the Navy, Cleon enrolled at Bakersfield College. This time, unlike his school years where he focused on athletics, the young man turned his attention to student government. Cleon Cox was elected Bakersfield College's 1952 class president. Once he graduated from B.C., he joined his best friend from high school, Eiler Mulhook, at USC. When Cleon graduated from USC in 1956, he returned to Bakersfield, where he landed a job as a sixth-grade teacher at Rosedale Elementary School. At some point, Cleon met and married a young lady named Peggy. Her family lived in Stockton, California, and she, too, was a teacher. I suspect the couple met at USC, but I don't know that for certain. The year after Cleon got hired at Rosedale Elementary School, both his wife Peggy and best friend Eiler Mulhook became teachers at Rosedale as well. It was like a one big happy family at Rosedale Elementary School. Until shortly after the beginning of the 1958 school year, 
Eiler came over to visit the couple at their apartment in the 2300 block of Kentucky Street. Cleon left Peggy and Eiler alone to go outside and work on his car. After a half hour or so, Cleon walked back into the apartment and caught his best friend and wife lying on the couch in a romantic embrace. Cleon was stunned silent. He hurriedly walked to the bathroom to wash his hands and gather his thoughts. When he returned to the living room, the two were no longer embracing, but Eiler was still reclined and Peggy was sitting up, head bowed. Cleon was furious. He began shouting. Peggy insisted it was nothing. Cleon went to the bedroom and retrieved a rifle. He pointed it at his best friend, well, probably former best friend now, and told him to leave. Eiler got up from the couch. Peggy jumped to her feet to intervene. As Eiler was exiting the front door, Cleon struck Peggy on the jaw with his fist. The couple continued arguing. The shouting and arguing continued for some time until Cleon took his wife to the doctor to check on her hurt jaw. When they returned to their apartment, Peggy gathered some of her belongings in a suitcase and went to stay the night with a female friend. As you can imagine, Cleon, Peggy, and Eiler's personal and private matter spilled over into their professional lives at Rosedale Elementary School. This love triangle was not conducive to a wholesome school environment. Determining that Cleon was the victim in this situation, the principal of Rosedale Elementary School dismissed both Peggy and Eiler from their teaching positions. Eiler moved to Los Angeles, where he enrolled at UCLA, and Peggy moved back to her parents' house in Stockton. After moving to Stockton, Cleon relentlessly pursued his estranged wife. His long-distance phone calls were endless. He even drove up to Stockton twice to make his pleas face-to-face. But Peggy was steadfast. She didn't want to reconcile. I'll be right back after this. Hey folks, this is Robert Peterson, the creator and host of the Notorious Bakersfield podcast. This podcast is an independent venture, meaning I'm doing this all on my own without any financial backing. And believe it or not, there's costs involved in producing this show. If you enjoy the Notorious Bakersfield podcast and want to show your support, you can buy me a cup of coffee or two. You can find the link to buy me a coffee in the show notes or go to NotoriousBakersfield.com. There's a link there too. I wanted to also take this opportunity to remind you to follow the Notorious Bakersfield podcast on whichever app you use to listen to podcasts. And while you're there, be sure to take a few seconds to give it a five-star rating. Cleon Cox was determined to win his wife back. Around the first part of November 1958, he purchased a handgun. On the night of November 12th, he decided to pay Eiler Mulhook a visit. Cleon wanted Eiler to talk 
Peggy into salvaging their marriage. Cleon drove to the Los Angeles area and showed up at Eiler's apartment unannounced. The two men discussed the situation late into the night. Eiler was unwilling to talk to Peggy. Then Cleon pulled the gun on Eiler and told him they were going to drive up to Stockton to settle this matter face-to-face with Peggy. The two men got in Cleon's car with Eiler driving. They drove over the grapevine into the San Joaquin Valley. It was almost four o'clock in the morning when they reached Bakersfield's city limits. The men were exhausted. Eiler suggested they stop at Cleon's apartment to get some sleep before continuing to Stockton. Cleon agreed. They are both too tired to continue driving. When the two young men arrived at the apartment on Kentucky Street, Cleon went straight to the phone and called Peggy. He told his estranged wife that he was with Eiler, and they were coming up to Stockton to see her. Peggy basically said, don't bother. There was nothing anybody could do or say that would make her go back with her estranged husband. Cleon became irate and shouted at her. Eiler got up off the couch, kicked the coffee table out of the way, and lunged at Cleon. Cleon pulled his pistol from his jacket pocket and fired four rounds into Eiler. The wounded man dropped on the floor. Still on the phone, the line was open. Peggy heard the commotion and gunfire. She screamed into the phone, then hung up. She called Stockton law enforcement to report what she had heard. Stockton police called the Kern County Sheriff's Office. When deputies arrived on scene at 4.40 a.m., the apartment front door was locked. They banged on the door. Cleon yelled for them to break it down. He couldn't answer it. Once the door was forced open, deputies saw Eiler bleeding profusely. Cleon was kneeling over the wounded man. His hands and forearms were covered in Eiler's blood. Cleon was begging Eiler not to die. Eiler had four bullet wounds, one in his left leg, two in his chest, and a wound to his temple. He was rushed to Kern General Hospital. Eiler James Mulhook died almost two hours after arriving at the hospital's emergency room. He was 27 years old and was survived by his parents and five siblings. This story was covered extensively by all the local media outlets in Bakersfield. And since this crime involved a titillating love triangle between three teachers, it was big news nationwide. Cleon Cox got the best lawyer in Bakersfield at the time, Morris Chain. That's a familiar name on this podcast. If you were accused of murder in Bakersfield and got caught kneeling over the body of the person you're accused of murdering, Morris Chain was your best hope. Cleon was charged with first-degree murder for the death of his former best friend, Eiler Mohook. On December 5th, he entered a not guilty plea. 
The trial began in January 1959. All of the scandalous details about Peggy Cox's affair with Eiler Mohook were aired in trial testimony. It really was the talk of the town. The proceedings lasted nine days before the prosecution and defense attorneys made their closing arguments. At the beginning of jury deliberations, the foreman conducted a poll. Eight voted for manslaughter and four voted for second-degree murder. After returning from lunch at the El Tejon Hotel for more deliberations, opinions began shifting. The majority had now swung in favor of second-degree murder. And by the end of the day, it was unanimous. Guilty of second-degree murder. A week later, Cleon Cox was sentenced to one year to life in prison. He served four years. Resources used to research the story, the Bakersfield Californian, findagrave.com, and caselaw.com. You have no idea how many times I said Klingon instead of Cleon, and how many times I had to go back and edit this just because of that one simple mistake, and I couldn't get it out of my head. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Notorious Bakersfield Podcast. I'll be back next week, next Tuesday, with another Notorious Bakersfield story. Have a good week.